You're listening to Black, 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 Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Win last night, twelve to ten over the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears are now four and eight on the season. Justin Fields threw for two hundred and seventeen yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Though it's pretty good for Justin Fields. You know, looking uh, over the last five games, Justin Fields has only thrown two interceptions, which was a concern that we had coming into the season. Now the touchdown numbers haven't been great necessarily but i mean if you look at the last five games he has nine touchdowns two interceptions the bears are winning a couple of games here you know if things didn't go completely south against the lions you'd be sitting on a three-game winning streak this week like things have improved are they good enough for this team to make a playoff run no do they have an opportunity here to put something together towards the end of the season i think they kind of do and it all comes back to what the bears will have in two weeks they have the bye week this week In two weeks, they face off against the Lions at home. And I think that game is going to uh, shape how we kind of perceive this end of the season is going to go. If the Bears show up and they get revenge for blowing that game against Detroit on the road and they, they win a game against a really good football team, like look at the schedule for the final four. There's some opportunity there. Cleveland with the backup quarterback, the Falcons, the Cardinals, the Green Bay Packers, there's opportunity to be had if the Bears are playing good football, and they are playing better football now than they were at any point earlier in the season. I mean, the last, like, five or six games has kind of been the best football that they've played, especially defensively. Yeah, I I think it all depends on how it looks, though, right? Like, I can't just have W's in those last, you know, four games or four and one in those last five games. Like, I need to see what it's going to look like. Like, I just don't have a metric of, okay, well, Fields won five out of those last six games, even though he didn't look great and almost, like, literally gave the game away, gave the ball away twice uh, against the Vikings yesterday, last night, in the fourth quarter. Um, And so if they win, like, if, if the game looks like, the Lions game the first time, but they win that game and they win because of him, right? Like the commanders, they won. That was a, 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 just a great overall game by the whole team. The defense was playing well. The, uh, the offense was firing on all cylinders. Like that was a game that they won because of Justin Fields, you know, like the Panthers game. That was Bajent. Um, yesterday was Fields, but did they win? The last play got them into field goal, goal position because yeah. of him. Yeah. Um, but I would say that it was trending to be a situation where Justin Fields has cost this team games in the fourth quarter more often than not. Justin Fields now has 17 turnovers in the fourth quarter in his career, tied with Trevor Lawrence for the most in that span. Nobody else has more than 14, but Trevor Lawrence has played 160 more snaps in the fourth quarter than Justin Fields, like injuries and that kind of stuff, obviously. Uh, Fields missed a bunch of, uh, missed the last four games here. But there seems to be more evidence that this is a trend with Justin Fields. He's giving the ball away at the most important time of football games. It cost them a game against the Broncos this year. It almost cost them a game yesterday against the Vikings. He had two turnovers in the fourth quarter. 
That's something you can't have. If the defense breaks down like it did against the Lions, that's nothing that Justin Fields can control, right? But he can control holding on to the football. He can control not fumbling. He can control not throwing interceptions. 17 turnovers in the fourth quarter in three years is pretty alarming. It is. It's absolutely alarming. And if he wants to play at the next level as far as being an elite quarterback or being this guy uh, who's the face of the franchise for years to come, you, you can't turn the ball over like that. I do want to say this, though. The interceptions are not happening. True. So I guess, I guess my question would be, what is more correctable? A quarterback's interception numbers or a quarterback who's lost fumbles? I kind of feel like it would be more difficult to support a quarterback that's turning the ball over with interceptions than it would be fumbles. Because theoretically, if you sure up the offensive line, quarterbacks getting hit less, maybe the fumbles aren't happening. A part of the fumbling that he's had is because, like last night against the Vikings, he was under siege in, in multiple situations. Mm-hmm. He was running for his life. Yeah. Now, the one in the open field where he was trying to make a play and got popped right before the first down and he lost it, that's a 100% on fields. Mm-hmm. But there have been situations where he drops back, no one picks up any blitzers, and he's getting mauled as he goes to try and do something and loses the football. I don't know if that type of a turnover completely is only on the quarterback. That's also on the offensive line. That's on your running back who's picking up blitzers. It's a whole team situation. With that said, it's bad. It's really bad, and he needs to fix it. I I would feel worse, though, if those turnovers, instead of being fumbles, were interceptions, because that would just tell me he's just a blank quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if he's not making the, the proper reads and he's throwing it and just making bad throws. Like, I always feel far different. worse about young quarterbacks who are just throwing the football away mm-hmm. than guys who eventually start to figure out that you can't put in those spots, so they hold on to it, and then they, they get the sack or whatever the case may be. Well, look at the two guys this year, right? There's two guys this year. There's Jalen Hurts and there's Josh Allen. They, they, they played this weekend, right? And Josh Allen has stopped turning the ball over in recent weeks, he was a turnover machine the first few weeks of the season. First, like, his entire career he has. I know, but it seems like the last couple weeks, he's been throwing the ball away more when he doesn't see something. Like, he's kind of taken the Aaron Rodgers approach his last year in Green Bay, last couple of years in Green Bay, where if there's nothing, just throw the ball away. Like, Josh Allen has the ability to tuck and run that, that Aaron Rodgers really didn't have because of injuries and his age and that kind of thing. And, and Josh Allen's a thicker, bigger quarterback that can handle the the hits. Um, so he can do that. And look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has thrown a lot of interceptions this year. Jalen Hurts has more interceptions halfway through this year than he did all of last year. And that's been a problem sometimes for the Eagles. Now they've been able to rebound and come back from it, and they have, they have 10 wins. They're the best team in the NFL right now, record-wise. Um, but there's just something about it being correctable. Josh Allen found a way to correct it. It seems like Justin Fields has found a way to correct the interceptions, but he's still drop putting the football on the ground in the most important times of the game. Yeah, like, you that's can't something, do that. I can't see that in the five in the last five games. I can't see. I I, can, I don't want to see a like. There's only five games. It's not that much to ask to not see a single fumble in the fourth quarter of the last five games of the season. So I, that's one metric I'm looking at for sure, is how is he performing in the fourth quarter? Are they winning because of him? Obviously, the next game, the 
Lions defense didn't play as well as they have most of the season against the Bears a couple weeks ago, and hopefully that continues in a couple weeks after the bye when they play the Lions. That Browns defense is one of the best in the NFL. They're top five in the NFL. It's going to be a problem for Justin Fields, and hopefully he can hang on to the football. But then you've got some opportunity with the Cardinals and the uh, and the Falcons and the Packers to hold on to the football and make some plays late if you have to. I still want to see... He's only had two true game-winning drives in the fourth quarter of games. Like, he's only had two of them in his entire career. I'm not saying I want them to be in that position in the last five games. I'd like them to have a lead and then just go into a, hey, let's just milk this clock and run the ball and, like, you know, get first downs and extend the game or extend the game in our favor to where we're keeping the ball out of the other team's hands. I just haven't seen it yet because we saw in the Lions games, the Lions game two weeks ago, they gave the ball right back. The Lions scored. They gave the ball right back again. The Lions scored again. Trevor Lawrence has 12 touchdowns this year through the air. Justin Fields has 12 touchdowns this year through the air. Trevor Lawrence has seven interceptions. Justin Fields has six interceptions. Now, Fields has played three less games, but there are 25 quarterbacks in the NFL this year who have thrown more interceptions than Justin Fields. That, to me, is progress. Mm-hmm. Is it exactly what we want as far as offensive output? No, not necessarily. We'd like more touchdown passes. We'd like more offense overall and more scoring. But for a young quarterback who's not turning the football over through the air, I think that's a positive. You nailed it, though. The fumble numbers, he has to hold on to the football. If he can't do that, it's never going to work. I'm positive, though, in the idea that he's just not throwing away the football to the defender. That is progress than what we've seen previously. He's getting better in a couple spots, I mean, he, right? he's, he's going to have less interceptions than he had last season. Yeah. Look, and that's what he's on pace for. He's on pace to, to be less than what he was last year. He's improved in certain aspects of his game. The last couple weeks, he's gotten the ball out faster since he came back from injury. You know, we saw it in the Lions game. We saw it yesterday. He's getting the ball out faster. He did see something by watching Bajan play and seeing the offense operate a little quicker. He's doing that better. He's also limiting the amount of sacks he's taking by throwing the ball away faster when there's nothing developing down the field rather than just tucking and running first. I've also seen a couple decent throws, especially that one to DJ Moore at the end of the game that set up the game-winning field goal, where he's sitting in the pocket. It was the touchdown to DJ Moore two weeks ago, too, against the Lions also, where he's staying in the pocket, stepping up into the pocket, making the throw. You've seen improvement there. You've seen improvement with the interception numbers. He's not throwing as many interceptions. That's improvement, too. There are certain checkpoints that we're getting to to see that he can be the quarterback next year that we're amassing. Like, we haven't seen... Like, if they would have won the Lions game, I think we'd be having a completely different conversation than we are today. I I agree with you. I also think uh, for those who think that Fields sucks because he fumbles and then their their next uh, thought is we need to draft Caleb Williams, I guarantee you, you've never watched Caleb Williams play. Yeah, you watch the highlights on Twitter and you're like, he's the best uh, quarterback I've ever seen. If you think Justin Fields fumbles a lot, you've never watched Caleb Williams because that guy doesn't value the football in the pocket either. And he holds the football down near his hip, and it will easily be stripped in the NFL because it was stripped in the Pac-12. Let the let college football for most of the season in fumbles. So if you think that that's the major issue and the major flaw with Fields, and you need to get Caleb Williams, it's the same exact thing. Daniel Naperville, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Daniel? Hey guys. So this is not originally why I called, but I, I got a 
I got to say something here. Guys, Fields can't read a defense. That's why he's bad. The reason why he's not throwing picks is because he's throwing one-yard passes. Part of the reason he's throwing one-yard passes is because Getsy's a terrible coordinator. Part of the reason is he can't read a defense, so Getsy doesn't trust him. The reason he's running for his life against the Vikings is not because the offensive line can't block. It's because he can't read hot. When you got three dudes blitzing from the right, you throw to the right. Yeah. How many times did you see him when there's overloaded to one side? They were doing it all game. Just, okay, they're overloaded, bam, hit the back foot, drill the hot read. How many times? Zero. I counted zero. That's why he's running for his life. And he, that, that's why, he, I mean, I'm not, I won't disagree with you about Caleb Williams. I've watched a handful of Caleb Williams games. I don't want him. I think, you know, I mean, I'm not a pro scout, whatever. But that doesn't mean that Fields is the guy. Okay, 12 touchdown passes on a season? I mean, come on. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, guys. This is, this is pretty bad. He's, he's pretty bad. I mean, legitimately, with decent quarterback play, this team probably has three more wins. Like, decent. Not, like, like good. And, you know, I, one of you said earlier, like, the next step for Fields, if, if he wants to take the next step, to be, like, an elite quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, the next step would, would be for him to be, like, a mediocre quarterback. Because he's bad. Well, I think there have been games where you've seen him be a mediocre to average quarterback. Like three? The Denver like game, the Denver, Washington. Denver game and the Washington game? Come on, bro. What he about last week against the Lions? He was very good. Yeah, until, until you needed him in the fourth quarter. Right? What happened no. in the fourth quarter? No, I don't think well, so. What I happened think against the, fourth, the Lions, he was good against the Lions. What happened in the fourth quarter is the Lions scored in a minute 16 and then forced the three and out, and then they scored again exactly. with two minutes. Yeah. Well, they forced the three yeah, and out. I don't, okay, I, but, I'm not putting but, the Lions game on Justin But Fields. until then, he had put up 26 points. Like, the Lions game wasn't on him. He didn't turn the ball over late in the game. He had, they had the safety towards the end. The, they were already losing at that point. That was the very end of the game. But the defense melted down at the end of the game, and Eberflus didn't no, have his I, best I players on the field. Look, I'm not an Eberflus apologist, okay? I'm, I'm certainly not saying that, you know, I mean, the guy never should have been hired. Okay? I'm like the only one in Chicago who didn't want the guy, okay? Everybody wanted him and said, oh, discipline, 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 right? He's terrible, all right? I'm not saying that at all. They went into prevent defense the same way, by the way, that Flores did last night, and in both situations it cost each team the game. Um, but no, I mean, dude had, all you got to do is get a, like what? A first down against the Lions. No, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. A good quarterback steals that game and he's not a good quarterback. All right. We got you down, Daniel. Appreciate the call. Okay. We go to Dan on the South side. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Dan? Uh, Dan left. He wanted to piggyback off of the topic. All right. No worries. Rich in Orland park. You're on ESPN 1000. You're up. What's up, Rich? Hey, what's going on, guys? <clears throat> so I will actually piggyback off of what he was saying as well. Sure. Um, to me, in my opinion, Justin Fields, is, he actually is a good quarterback. Um, he's not a great quarterback. The difference being is when you do get under pressure, especially in the pocket, the way that obviously you saw it happen in the Vikings game, he doesn't have the vision down the field that great quarterbacks do. They find the open man, 
and he's just he doesn't have that ability. He doesn't. There were several times where they alluded to it, and they showed people wide open, and he just he 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 locks in on somebody, and if he doesn't see him, he kind of runs around, and sometimes he makes the right decision, sometimes he doesn't. Uh, he's at least getting better in that aspect of the game where he'll, he's I've seen him throw the ball away a little bit more than he used to or he'll try to get out of the pocket and get out, out on the corner and take a run down the field if he has the ability to do that but that is the difference good quarterback great quarterback great quarterback sees that guy down the field and he makes that pass got you down rich appreciate the phone call there is Richie Norland Park blocking it all. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. What'd you think of Justin Fields last night? Bears beat the Vikings. You're home of the Bears. Victory Tuesday. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Appreciate everyone that doesn't want to listen to Bulls basketball hanging out and talking Bears football with us tonight. The Bulls are losing right now to the Celtics, 51 to 35. Five minutes left to go in the second quarter. Uh, it's a big night in the NBA, Abdal. It's the final night of group play in the in season tournament. They've are you officially all eliminated, up over right? this? They've been eliminated? Yeah. All right. They, they, they were eliminated last week when See, they the lost. Weird... And remember, DeMar DeRozan was all pouty because they're. The Raptors are scoring points when points is how you do the tiebreaker in the in-season tournament. Here's the, the difference is, though. God, the if, Bulls when suck. This, if this was soccer, which is where this idea came from, yeah. these games wouldn't matter towards the regular season. So all of your players would have sat. Like Levine would have gotten a night off. Caruso yeah. would have gotten a night off because right. they're both dealing with injuries right now. So normally those guys would have gotten the night off. But because this counts still for the regular season... Everyone still has to play, even though this game is meaningless for the in-season tournament, but not for the regular season. Yeah, so the Bulls are down 20 right now, 450 left in the second <laughs> quarter to the Celtics. I know the other place won't tell you the score during the game, oh, so dude. we will. Uh, there you go. Black Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. We're going to get to the Bears calls. I do want to mention this to Abdallah quickly. Uh, over the weekend, I went to a wedding in Detroit. Oh, so we drive to Detroit. Yeah. Thanksgiving uh, weekend, right? Friday, we drive out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I had the moment where I realized I forgot something, where I was like, oh, I didn't put that in the bag. What was it? My dress shirt. Oh. So, like, because, you know, I got, I got the suit bag. Yeah. I got everything. I had my shoes. I had the tie. That's I had a little everything. harder to come by. Well, so I'm like, well, we're, we're in a major metropolitan city, right? Are it, you? it shouldn't be that difficult. Are you? Uh, downtown Detroit, it seems like it's a bit difficult to find a white dress shirt. Uh, so, like, I searched for department stores. That was my first thought. We're, yeah. We were staying downtown Detroit. Mm-hmm. We were, like, right there. In the middle find of the downtown Macy's, area. Find a Macy's, find a whatever. A Macy's, a Nordstrom, a whatever you... Uh, whatever. Blooming, whatever. Just say, I, all I needed to buy was the cheapest white dress Anything. shirt. Anything. An H&M. Wear. A Target well, even would have had one, maybe. So so there are no department stores in downtown Detroit. Okay. Found that out. Uh, the closest Nordstrom is 30 minutes outside of the city. What about a Nordstrom rack? No, no rack. Uh, Can I so, get a Kohl's? So I saw that about five minutes or like, a, you know, like a six block walk away was a Bonobos. 
Oh, and I thought to myself, all right, cool. You know, I'm a, you know I, I have nothing to do all day Saturday because the wedding is Saturday night. I was planning on sitting in the hotel room watching Michigan and, Mich- and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So I was going to watch some college football, hang out. The wedding's at night. The girls are all doing, you know, they're getting ready for the wedding. I, yeah, I don't yeah. have to do anything, no. right? So I was going to get a coffee and watch a football game, right? Find a way to watch a football find a way game. To watch. <laughs> You're going to grab a cup of coffee yeah. and find a way to get a dress shirt. So, so I'm like, you know what? I'll add finding a dress shirt to the itinerary in the early morning, <laughs> and then we'll get that coffee, and then we'll go watch college football. It'll be yeah. great. Uh-huh. So I see the Bonobos, and I'm like, oh, perfect. It opens at 11. I'll get over there right at 11. First one in the door. We'll get that shirt. We'll get back before noon because I'm in Eastern time zone, which let me, let me let everyone know. We are thankful to be in the Midwest where we have the central time zone oh, because the, the time eastern zone. time zone is no. trash. Midwest is the best time zone. Central time zone is the best. Saturday night, we were at a bar at 11.30, yeah. and it was the first quarter of the UCLA game. Mm-mm. It's like, what? Not no for world? me. Not for me. You're supposed to stay up for three more hours to nope. watch college football? Why? That's why the Pac-12 doesn't get the respect they deserve. No, it, it really isn't because it's a complete <laughs> afterthought for anyone in the East Coast. So walk to Bonobos, mm-hmm. first one in the door. The, the store is completely empty. They're like, hello, sir. One lady is working behind the register. Sorry. She's like wrapping. Hello, she's wrapping some stuff up. She's doing stuff. It, it's completely empty. Now, it's, it's the Saturday after Black Friday. So, you know, they had the mad rush downtown or whatever going on. And Does that still happen? I think, I think there were some stores in Detroit that were like busy on okay. Friday. All but right. uh, it's a desolate city. There is nothing down there. Yeah. Uh, I walk in, I walk up, she goes, oh, how, how can I help you? I go, I need to get one dress shirt, white, white dress shirt. That's all I need. And she goes, oh, okay. Yeah, I can help you. When do you need it by? I was like, tonight. Like now. She goes, you're not going to get it for tonight. I go, what? Now, meanwhile, in Bonobos, there are oh, I know. clothes I know. everywhere. I know what you're going to say because there there's one shirts I know. everywhere. There's one in my neighborhood, and I fell victim to this one time, too. And I go, what do you, what do you mean? She goes, oh, well, we, you can try this stuff on, but we ship it to you. Welcome to Bonobos. And I go, I, I knew that that's how you started. Like, I knew that that's how Bonobos started, mm-hmm. but that's still their business model? Yep. I go, well, I have money here. Can nope. I just have that white shirt? No. She goes, no. I'm like, so nothing in here I can buy. No. She's like, no. I'm like, how does that make sense? It's like the 40-year-old uh, like, well, virgin. Well, we have the, to send it to you. Jonah Hill. No, I know. She's like, well, we have to send it to you. I'm like, I don't care, though. I need it for tonight for a wedding. I'm from out of town. I just need the white shirt. Nope. She's like, yeah, we can't help you. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I slowly walked out. I found an H&M a few blocks away. There you go. Found a white shirt, which was trash. Of course. But it was $19. H&M, yeah. So I, I was like, you know what? I can justify a one-time wear with this, and then I'll just discard it at mm-hmm. some point, give it away to charity or something. You know? Yeah, donate uh, yeah. But like, I felt like I was in an episode of Curb. Yeah. I was the only person in there. The only customer, Mm-mm. I have money to purchase a shirt. Nope. They have shirts. Nope. Lots of them. Nope. I can't purchase one to wear. Nope. Day of. Welcome. I have to have it shipped to me. Welcome to Bonobos. What kind of business model There's is that? one in my neighborhood. It's the same thing. I went in there. I needed the same thing. I needed something for... To, one shirt. I needed to dress nice for something. I didn't have the shirt that I needed, so I went there, and I was like, can I get this? And they're like, yeah. When It was the same <laughs> thing. They're like, in a week, and I go... In a week. It's right here. And yeah. they're like, yeah, you can't. That's our only one. 
And I go, okay, <laughs> then, I get, then I get the last one. That's how this works. And they're like, nope, that's not how it works. There's also, it right almost next door to it, there's a Casper store. Oh, yeah, a Casper mattress. Can't buy it there either. No, that a mattress has to be shipped, though. They're not going to... There's mattress stores all over this damn city. Yeah, they ship it to you. You don't leave with the mattress. Have you ever bought a mattress? You don't leave with the mattress. Yeah, I, I buy a lot of online. <laughs> I they bought my mattress online. They deliver it. That's what they do. I just thought it was crazy that, like, downtown Detroit, there's no people. They have a store filled with clothes. Mm-hmm. I walk in with a problem that needs to be solved for that day. Nope. And she's like, no, I can't help you. I was like, what? What do you mean you can't help me? Sorry. Like, I'm willing to buy it. Like, I want to spend a little extra money for a nicer shirt. Nope. You know, like, it would be... Like, I have a I have a tux from Bonobos. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a great tux. Well, yeah, you want to you buy a white shirt that you can not just wear tonight, yeah, but then like multiple I, times yeah, in the future. Like that, yeah, that's why, like, I didn't go straight to the H&M, because no. I wanted to spend well, money on a shirt that I because next time you put on again. that H&M shirt, the sleeve's going to be falling off. No, I know. That's why it's a one... It's like yeah, a one-use type of thing. That's why it is, it's like, It's a toilet paper of shirts. Yeah, I know. It's absolute <laughs> trash, but... I, I just thought, he, like, I knew that that's how Bonobo started as a company. I didn't realize that, like, 10 years later, they're still not accepting payment for a close in the store. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's wild. <laughs> it's crazy. We'll take more of your Bears calls next. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Jimmy in Hanover Park here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, guys. Uh, Awesome show as always. Thanks Thanks, so much, John. You guys really helped my ride home from uh, Niles all the way to scenic Hanover Park. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. Glad we're along for the ride. That's right. Hey, um, so was this the first week that uh, that the Vikings were blitzing 48% of the time? Absolutely not. That, no, absolutely not. No, I didn't think so because I've watched other games, <laughs> and they blitzed a lot then too. And I feel like how did we not have any kind of plan as to maybe going a quick no huddle or something like that? Pick up the pace. These guys are blitzing 48% of the time. Enough, that leaves fifty two percent of the time, if my math is right, that they are not blitzing. But in those fifty two percent of that time, they're dropping back. They're they're faking that they're blitzing, and then they got to drop back and try to get into coverage and stuff. So, how do you not have a plan? Like, if we can go and get a series going, we get a couple first downs. Don't we want to keep those defensive players that are getting a little gas on the field? Let's go. Let's do a quick no huddle and let's pick up the pace so that, you know, we can actually do something like maybe a draw against guys that are gassed will work a lot better or RPO or any of the other garbage that they were calling, throw the ball to the sideline. I don't know what they could do, but they did not help out that offense with that game plan whatsoever. I, I feel like they should have had some sort of plan to deal with that situation. A good coach would have or good coordinators would have. I don't know if we have a good coach or good coordinators because it, that seems very elementary knowing who your opponent is and using their strength against them. I don't know. Am I, am I off base here? No, no Jimmy, you're, you're, you're on. I, I think you're on par. Did I think you notice right. uh, in the game? Thanks for the call, Jimmy. 
They were talking right, about. You guys have a great night. Thank you, you too, Jimmy. Did you notice in the game when they were talking about the Bears pick situation, the draft situation? Yeah. And they were showing Ryan Poles. Mm-hmm. And did you see him do the hand motion of the let's go, let's go, let's go? Yeah. And then he caught it. Like he looked and he caught himself that he was on TV and he stopped real quick. I, I had a few people that were like, was he telling them to go fast? Was he telling them that he'd like to see them go a little faster and more up-tempo? I think Poles noticed that as well. and Because they were on offense when they were talking about it. Because they were talking about Justin Fields. They were talking about the pick situation and like how they have the Panthers pick and all this kind of stuff and what they're going to do with Justin Fields. And they, they were on offense, and they showed Ryan Poles kind of doing the, like, let's go, let's go. He was talking to someone. Um, and he was making that hand motion. I don't know if that's what, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it looked like that's what he was saying too, because I, I was saying the same thing to my TV. I'm like, guys, go faster. What are you doing? Like, why are you taking this much time? Like, let's have some rhythm to this offense. There was, there hasn't been rhythm to this offense with Getsy forever. There's no rhythm whatsoever. Everything seems like, hey, huddle, go back, call the play, get it in. All right. Like if you're milking clock at the end of the game, I get it. But when you're playing a blitz, like he's like Jimmy said, yeah, you want to go off tempo. You want to go faster. You want to get those guys tired so you have the advantage in the second half of the game. It feels like schematically the Bears are at a disadvantage in most of these contests. That's what it feels like. It mm-hmm. feels like kind of like what Jimmy said. He's like, we knew that Minnesota was going to blitz. We didn't really have a, pl- a good plan. Like our plan was to throw wide receiver bubble screens. Yeah. Like that works maybe once. And then, like, clearly the Vikings were impressed coverage on the on the edges. And, like, the moment receivers didn't release off the line of scrimmage, they pushed forward and went after the wide receivers. And it was like, it wasn't going to work. Like, yeah, it works occasionally with DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. That's it. But, like, what about a slant, a quick slant? You know, that that beats the, the coverage. You know why? Because if you can beat your guy off the line of scrimmage... There are safeties blitzing, and now you have open field in front of you to run with the mm-hmm. football. I feel like they were relying where, too much of the screen game, too, and not where, running the ball. Where was Robert Tunyon last night? I don't know. Where was Cole I, Komet over the middle? Komet, like, I thought Komet had some decent did, pickups. Did you see that one catch where he, he tried to do a three-point turn in the middle of the field again? <laughs> Dude, just, turn and run, just run up field, man. And I saw that. I was like, oh, holy crap. It takes four seconds for him to turn and run. Cole Komet's never met a tackle that he can break. <laughs> like, he's never met a tackle that dude can break. Like, that dude goes down like a ton of bricks when he Jeez. gets when he gets tackled. It's I insane. Pre- I appreciate the effort he gives. I, I like Cole Komet, but... I just don't understand where are those little curls over the inside where the linebackers should be. I don't understand where they're not using this against a blitzing front. Well, like, we'll it's see. crazy. We'll see what they do against the Browns because the Browns' uh, defense is very good. It's one of the t- top five in the league, and they do a lot of the same stuff that the Vikings do. Mike in Logan Square. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. Uh I like your show. I'm sorry I missed about 20 minutes or so uh, after 7 o'clock. So you may have already talked about it. But I was just curious your reaction to Mark Cuban selling majority stake in the Mavericks and the way he structured it so that he still retains uh, full operational control, even though he's just a minority owner now. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine it's just a money situation. I, I, he's still, I think the reports are saying he's still going to be in full control of team operations and everything, and he's still going to be the, like, face of the Mavericks. So I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, th- I thought it was a bigger deal today that he announced that he's no longer going to be on Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah, his final true. season in Shark Tank. Uh, he's great on Shark Tank. 
Great show, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. I Thanks mean, he's, phone call. he just made $3.5 billion. Yeah, that's pretty good. Like, that's insane. That's, it's, it's just, you're right. It's, he still has control of basketball operations. He's still got final say on any moves. He's just, you know, getting a bunch of money to, uh, what'd you say in the break, by the Bears? Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd work. <laughs> you want to buy a, a baseball team? I got a baseball team. I could, got I one could, for sell on the I south could side. I sell you, yeah. Mark in Vegas. You're on ESPN 1000. Hello, Mark. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's up? Hey, so uh, I, I'm just disappointed in people thinking that, like, Fields is the problem here. Like, it's clearly the coaching staff. And regardless what you do with Flutes, like, the fact that 49% of our throws were at the line of scrimmage or behind, it's more of, like, these coaches were literally just trying to squeak by any win versus actually testing to, to see if Fields can consistently make these throws down the field. Like, when are we going to be, like, Holes and Warren and hold them accountable to be like, like I get it. You don't want to fire people, fire coaches midseason. You never have, and it maybe not attract the right coaches. But at some point, like you got to get rid of Getsy. Like why? Like why do you have him? Because he brushed shoulders with Aaron Rodgers for a year when Aaron Rodgers clearly was the one calling all the plays, like making all that stuff. Like it's just, like it's just sloppy football. Like and people want to go to Caleb Williams. You really think he's going to develop? Like, we, we, there's so many handful of people that were great in college and then they're duds in, in, um, in like, the NFL because they don't have the right development. Or maybe they just don't work out. Like, we know what we have with Fields. Fields is not the issue. You need to, you, like, for the first time, can we actually build around one person instead of just trying to rip this shit down and try to huh? just start over fresh every, like, all the time? Like, it makes, it makes like, zero sense to me. And maybe it's the McCaskies, maybe it's whoever, but... This is upper leadership just not wanting to make any changes. Yeah, thanks for the call. Well, Appreciate you, Mark. I think, Mark, your first point was correct. A, a team that wants to squeak out wins rather than test Justin Fields. Because when Matt Eberflus goes and talks to Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles at the end of the year, and let's say, like, let's let's just, just look at the schedule. You and I have, have outlined it. They've got f- four wins right now, okay? And let's say they lose to the, the Lions again. But they find a way to win three out of the last four games. That's seven wins. That's more than double what you had last year. And I don't care how Justin Fields is playing. I don't care. The defense is coming along great ever since Eberflus took over as defensive coordinator. They're playing really well. That's how Eberflus is going to keep his job. He's going to go into that meeting and he's going to say, look, I have seven wins. What if he's got eight wins? What if he gets to eight wins? What if they find a way to win the last four games or four out of the last five games? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but weirder things in the NFL have happened. It happened to the Lions last year. The Lions went one and six to start the season and then won a bunch of games at the end and almost made the playoffs. If Matt Eberflus walks into that office and said, I more than doubled my win total from last year, that he's got a case. I'm not saying they're going to listen because of who they've beaten and the competition they've beaten. But that's going to be what he hangs his hat on, is that I doubled, at least doubled the win total from last year. What matters more, wins at the start or wins at the end? Wins against teams that you... What matters more, wins at the start or wins at the end? Wins, wins, wins matter. Wins. And, and I think that's why this Lions game in two weeks at home again against a team that you controlled the football game for what? 80% of the game, 85% of the game, the Bears were ahead and leading against the Lions last week. Mm-hmm. 
if they could find a way at home to beat the Lions, to play that game again, revenge that loss that they should have won, like why couldn't they go on a run here to end this season, get to seven or eight wins? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that crazy. Do they, do they have to play better? Does the quarterback have to play better? Sure, but I don't think the other teams affect the... Like, here's what I, I can't get past. The offense looked good against the Lions defense. Yeah. They looked bad against the Vikings both times they fought the Vikings. The Vikings defense gives them issues. They, they just do. Yeah. Now, Cleveland, you're right, will give the Bears issues. Mm-hmm. Outside of that... Why can't the offense play well against Atlanta, Arizona, and Green Bay? I think they can. Well, so they're playing the best defense in the league in the Browns. They're number one in DVOA. Drink. Uh, They're playing the Lions, who are 10th, so another top 10 defense. That's coming up next after the bye. The Cardinals have the 30th ranked defense. The Falcons have the 27th ranked defense. And the Packers are 18th. So you're right. Three out of those four games at the end... You're playing subpar defenses. You're playing bottom bottom half of the NFL. Granted, the Packers are right at 18. You're playing bottom half of the NFL defenses. And as long as your defense is playing like it has last yesterday against the Vikings, they've got a chance. They definitely have a chance to win three out of four at the end. Maybe, maybe four out of five? I mean, the Browns don't have a quarterback. They've got a great defense. Best in the league. They do not have a quarterback. David in Deerfield, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, David? Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for taking my call. No problem, man. What's up? Uh, so I uh, just want to play devil's advocate here. Um, and it kind of pains me to go this route. But, like, look at the way the Bears' defense has been playing lately. I mean, pretty pretty elite. Like, take four turnovers against the Vikings. They took the ball away a ton from the Lions, who were, were one of the best offensive units in the league. What if Eberflus actually is a pretty good coach and he's a solid coach and Justin Fields is really the one that's holding us back? Like, we've had such a drought at quarterback for all of our lifetime, so we're just begging for Justin Fields to be the guy. But, like, looking at that game last night, like, it's hard to buy into that. Like, what if it really is Justin Fields holding us back? Eberflus actually is a solid coach. I mean, with the way he's running the defense and, you know, what, what – what if that helps make the decision a lot more clear? Like, we're holding on for Fields to turn it around. And he isn't doing it. Yeah, I think it's possible that Eberflus is a pretty good defensive coach. And thanks for the call, David. I, I think it's also possible that Fields isn't the guy. I don't think that Eberflus long-term is the guy. Look, Does that he, make sense? Like, yeah. he's a good defensive coach. I don't think he's a good no. head coach long-term for this team. I think that Eberflus is a very good defensive coordinator. But we've seen it time and time again in close games, even at the end of halves, his use of timeouts, his situational awareness of whether to go for it or whether to kick field goals or whether to, you know, we talked, I I thought I was football stupid at the end of the game last night. They gift you five yards uh, on a, uh, what was it? It was some penalty, too many men in the huddle, right? And they get five yards. The game could be over if you run for a first down and then kick the field goal. But instead, they started taking knees, which gave the Vikings an opportunity to get the ball back, albeit with like no time. But still, like if you would have run the ball, at least attempted to run the ball once, 
you still get an opportunity there. You run the. You didn't have any timeouts anyway, so you run the, the field goal unit on. You kick the field goal anyway. What difference does it make? I think the perfect situation there would have been you get the first down, so then you allow yourself, if it happened, a bad bobbled snap on the field goal attempt that you could down the football and then you play again yeah, for that's fourth my down. You get the thing. first down. But the way they handled the clock is they essentially backed themselves into having to kick the, the, the field goal yeah. on fourth down. Therefore, if something went wrong, you're SOL. What I would have done is you run, try to run for the first down, run up to the line of scrimmage real quick, clock the football with a few seconds left, run, then you've got all the time you want. You've got 25. You can run out your, your kicker. Cairo Santos makes a field goal. The Vikings never see the football again. And that's, again, he, he disregards his own philosophy. His philosophy is control the football, hold on to the football. He gave it away, it felt like, at the end of the game. Black and Abdal. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Eberflos. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Thank you to Jack McGrath and Jake Cantu for producing tonight's show, Black and Abdallah. Tomorrow night, Black and Abdallah, we will be off the show. You'll hear Shay and Tyler hosting Black and Abdallah tomorrow night. Because we will be at the Few Whiskey event at Binnie's in Lincoln Park from 6.30 to 8.30 tomorrow night. Come hang out. We'll be tasting the whiskeys that each show picked. And you will vote who wins. Last year, Black and Abdallah, we came in first amongst the shows here at ESPN 1000. We're looking to return and to win again. And hopefully we do with few whiskey. And we had a great time last year. Looking forward to it. Tomorrow night, Lincoln Park, Binnie's in the tasting room. Should be a great time with few whiskey tomorrow night. Everyone at ESPN 1000, all the shows will be there. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. We're going to win again. I know we're going to win again because our whiskey palette is... Like that of the everyman. (laughs) But guess what? Shane Tyler, they'll have a fantastic show for you tomorrow night right here. In for Black and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. All right, let's. Uh, do you have any zoo news, by the I way? I always have zoo you have news. Zoo let's news? take That's... a couple calls first. Though. Okay, Real a couple quick. calls. All right, stall, stall to the zoo news. I get it. Oh, All we right. gotta, so there's people Mark, that want to talk to us. Mark and Quincy, you're on ESPN 1000. Go ahead, Mark. Black and Abdallah, gentlemen, it's great to be on with you. How are you guys doing? What's We're good, up? man. What's up? All right, so to me, calls like David are driving me crazy. I had to get on with you guys because. When you hear the idea that people have been floating around that maybe Matt Eberflus is a good coach, it makes me want to drive my truck off a bridge. Because the, <laughs> the only thing that matters right now for the Chicago Bears as a franchise in this defining moment is who the heck is coaching this team in 2024. I, I can't stand the debates of already of Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, Drake May. None of that matters until we know who is actually leading this franchise going forward? Will Kevin Warren step up? Will they find someone to lead the franchise? If Once you figure that out, if it's Matt Eberflus leading the team, there's no point in drafting a quarterback next year. If it's if Jim Harbaugh, you tell Jim Harbaugh, whoever you want to be the quarterback, be the quarterback. Until we know who's leading the team, you, you, the whole quarterback debate is just mind-numbing, and it's and it's – and it's a waste of time. we got to figure out who's actually going to lead this team going forward. Good call, Mark. Appreciate you. We go to Gideon and Skokie. Hello, Gideon. Gideon. 
Hey, guys. So I'm wondering, Matt Eberflus has been a pretty good defensive coordinator. Is there any shot? No. No. That no. No. You don't think they offer him defensive no. coordinator? No. And he, no. Because he wouldn't get hired as a head no. coach. It's better for him to be a defensive coordinator not in the here. league than not be the head coach. You've got a better chance of Lovey Smith coming back and being the uh, the defensive coordinator than Iverflu so sticking that around. Would, that, that would indeed work with this team. No. Because, um, because they play a... Four three, so that would work. Gideon, you got to get some more. You got to get more sleep, man. That baby's killing you. Sorry. You you don't like my plan? No. <laughs> Talk to you later, Gideon. Okay. There Talk he is. to you later. Bye. Bye There's Gideon. Gideon Junior at Washington State University in the, the Palouse. Junior, loose. we have a minute left in the show. You gotta go quick. What's up, Junior? Okay, I'm not a hater. Uh, he's a Chicago Bear. He is a Chicago Bear. Ignore the fact that he w- he went to an institution that threw away a hundred years of tradition in the trash. Kyler Gordon, is he good or is he just some guy that's really fast and like he's happens okay. to be I think he's in good. the right he's spot good. at the right time? He's serviceable. I think he's good. I think he's good. Yeah. No, I think he's good. I think he's getting better. Okay, well. I think he's good. I think he's trash. He's trash. He's a husky. He's trash. They ruined us. I can't believe him. All I'm right. Never All him right. Go All right. See you, Junior, on the Palouse. Uh, Zoo News. Well, hello, Mr. Lion. Here's the latest edition of the Zoo News. What do you have over there? Oh, well, Chris, some rhinos have been getting down because a critically endangered eastern black rhino was born in the Chester Zoo in England and then a uh, endangered white rhino was born here in America at the uh, at what zoo is this in the uh, the the St. Louis Zoo welcome to a, a new rhino to their zoo so if rhinos be getting down that's what is new at the zoo felt rushed we'll talk to you later try to get two stories you're in listening one. to black and abdallah Corey. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. Look out, football. Here we come.